Hello and welcome to Battle Ready with Missy Armstrong. We are going to prepare ourselves for battle by learning about the characters in the Bible, learning about their victories and their defeats. Thank you so much for listening and I hope you enjoy the podcast. And thank you for listening. We are still in Joshua. And uh, Joshua is getting quite old now. And different things are happening in the nation of Israel. So we're going to start today in Joshua 13. Uh, If you want to turn there in your Bible, that's where we will start reading. So let's get right to that. Joshua 13. When Joshua had grown old, the Lord said to him, You are now very old, and there is still very large areas of land to be taken over. This is the land that remains, all the regions of the Philistines and the Jezreites, from Shehor River on the east of Egypt to the territory of Echon on the north, and all of it counted as Canaanite. Through, though held by the five Philistine rulers in Gaza, Ashad, Ashkelon, Goth, Ekron, the territory of the Abadites on the south, and all of the land of the Canaanites from Arah to the Sidians, as far as Aphek and the border of the Amorites to the area of Babylon and all of Lebanon to the east, from Baal Gad below Mount Hebron to Lebo Hamath. As for all of these inhabitants of the mountain regions, from Laban, Lebanon to Mezeroth, Mariam, that is, all of the Sidians, I myself will drive them out before the Israelites. Be sure to allocate this land to Israel for an inheritance, as I have instructed you, and divide it as an inheritance among nine tribes and half to the tribe of Manasseh. The other half of Manasseh, the Reubenites and the Gadonites, had received their inheritance that Moses had given them east of the Jordan as he, the servant of the Lord, had assigned it to them. It extended from Aor to the rim of Aran Gorge, and from the town in the middle of the gorge that included the whole plateau of Mabia as far as Debon, and all of the towns of Sihon, the king of the Amorites who ruled Hezbon, out of the or out on the border of the Ammonites. It is also included Gilead, the territory of the people of Geshar, and Manak, all of the Mount Hermon, and all of Bashan, as far as Salak. That is the whole kingdom of Og in Basham, who had resigned their land. But the Israelites 
did not drive out the people of Geshar and Makkah. So they continue to live among the Israelites to this day. But the tribe of Levi, he gave no inheritance. Since the food offerings presented to the Lord, the God of Israel, are their inheritance as he promised them. This is what Moses had given the tribe of Reuben according to its clan. Territory of Eror on the rim of the Armand Gorge and from the town in the middle of the gorge and the whole plateau of Media to Heshbon and all of the towns of the plateau including Dibon, ba uh, Bamoth, Baal, Beth Baal Meon, Jahaz, Kinemoth, Mephitheth, Karathim, Sibma, Zareth, Sabar, on the hill in the valley, Beth Pure, and the slopes of Pisgah, and Beth Jespinmath, and all of the towns of the plateau and their entire realm of Sihon, the king of the Amorites, who ruled Heshbon. Moses defeated him and the Midianite chiefs, Evi, Rechem, Zor, Hor, and Reba, princess allied with Shihon, who lived in the country. In addition to those slain in battle, the Israelites had put to the sword Balaam, son of Bor, who practiced divination. The boundary of the Reubenites was the bank of the Jordan. These towns were on the village and their villages were the inheritance of the Reubenites, according to their clan. Moses also had given the tribe of Gad, according to their clans, near Rabbah, and from Heshbon to Ramazabath. I'm sorry to... Uh, the the territory of Zabar, Zabar, to the towns of Gilead and half of the Amorite country of Aor near Rabbath from Heshbon to Ramazimpa, Benim, and Mahanim to the territory of Debir. And in the valley, Beth Heaven, Beth Narar, Succoth, and Zaphon, with the rest of the realm of Sihon, the king of Hesbon, east of the Jordan, and the territory up to the end of the Sea of Galilee. These towns and their villages were the inheritance of the Gadites, according to their clans. This is what Moses gave to half of the tribe of Manasseh. That is, a half, to half of the family of the descendants of Manasseh, according to their, their clans. The territory extended from Mahaman and including Basham and the entire realm of Og, King, ba King of Basham, and all the settlements, Jer, Bashan, 60 towns, half of Gilead, 
and Asheroth and Erdirah, the royal cities of Og and Bashan. This was the descendants of Machir, son of Manasseh, for half of the sons of Machir, according to their clans. This was the inheritance Moses had given them when he was in the plains of Moab across the Jordan east of Jericho. But the tribe of Levi, Moses had given no inheritance. The Lord, the God of Israel, is their inheritance as promised to them. Now, at this point, Joshua and the the whole nation of Israel, they had southern and northern, I guess, campaigns where they were gaining control over the land of Canaan. Uh, this took several years, about seven. After all the battles had been fought, he invites the nation to send the representatives to of each district in Canaan, and the division of the land uh, was is settled by the casting of lots and special assembly in Shiloh. We don't know for sure what each one's portion was, but when Joshua allotted this territory he, to all the tribes, he kept himself a modest piece of land among the hills of Ephraim. Joshua is thought to have been about 90 years old when the land was divided. Although he lived for a number of years in Timasera, which means a portion that remains, there are many people on earth who, who, you know, guesstimate the age of, of Joshua at this point, which probably would have been around 90, yes, um, but he is where he lived out the rest of his life there. Now, it seems like a lot of times people look at people that spend their life really in service of the Lord. And it seems like they may have little reward on earth, right? And somebody once said, first in service, last in reward. And that's okay with me, right? I and my husband, we strive to serve. And uh, my husband, who I love to death, is a born servant. That is just who he is. That's where he wants to be. That's how he wants to live his life. And it is a beautiful thing to to be someone who is driven by the act of service. But our human nature sometimes is like we're working, 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 and then where is our reward? Our reward is in heaven, right? So when you see this yes Joshua took a little portion for himself a small portion and it was probably not even so much for himself but for his his family the rest of his family but 
he had served his whole life and worked hard all, you know, every day. But sometimes, and many times, the reward is not here. The reward is not on earth. It's in heaven. And that's what we have to look forward to, is our little portion, like Joshua's little portion, but our little portion of heaven, you know? But our human nature, sometimes pride kicks in, and we look at it and we're like, but I did all this work and nobody even knew that I did it. That's fine. Because God knows what you did. You know, you have to tell yourself that. Because your human nature, your sinful nature, is going to try to discourage you from doing the work again. And so, just always remember, store your treasures in heaven. Don't worry about the rewards on earth. You will get them. Matthew 16:27 says for the son of man son of man is going to come in the father's glory with the angels and then he will reward each person according to what he has done according to what he has done right so don't worry about your rewards on earth take the portion that you're given and be content with what you have learning to be content with what i have completely changed my life right people will say what do you want for your birthday what do you want for Christmas and I don't want really anything you know there's a few things that I might need and there's some things that eh, I could use new of or whatever but I am completely content with what we have we don't have a lot but we have what we need. And God has always provided for us. Always provided us with everything we need. Not everything that we want. Because sometimes what we want is not what God wants us to have. So being content with everything that I have. With my little portion. Completely changed my life. Because. Like, I can go shopping with family or friends and spend all day in stores and maybe get a couple of things, <laughs> but I don't, I don't really, I don't want for a lot because I'm happy with what God has given me. And sometimes... That can change. It did. It changed my life because I started focusing on what I had and the blessings God had given me to only to discover I was way, way more blessed than I ever imagined. And I am content. I am content with my family, with Everything that I have, everything that God has given me, there are days when I don't feel good. There are days when 
you know, I'm not having a good day, but I'm still content with everything. And so don't, don't look for your reward here. Look for your reward in heaven. Let's continue on. After a long time had passed, the Lord had given Israel the uh, rest from all of their enemies around them. Joshua by then was very old. So he summoned all of Israel and their elders, leaders, judges, officials, and said to them, I am very old. You, you yourselves have seen everything your God has done to all of these nations for your sake. It was the Lord your God who fought for you. Remember how I allotted the heritage to the tribes and all of the lands of the nations that remain, the nations I conquered between Jordan and the Meridian Sea in the west. The Lord your God himself will push them out for your sake. He will drive them out before you, and you will take take possession of your land. As the Lord your God has promised, and you be strong, be very strong. Be careful to obey all that's written in the book of law of Moses without turning aside to the right or the left. Do not associate with these nations uh, that are among you. Do not invoke the names of their gods or swear by them. You must not serve them or bow down to them. But you are to hold fast to the Lord your God as you have until now. The Lord God has driven out before you great and powerful nations. To this day, no one has been able to withstand you. You, one of you, one of you routs a thousand because of the Lord your God, because he fights for you, just as he promised. So be very careful to love the Lord your God. But if you turn away and if you ally yourselves with the survivors of these nations that remain among you and in your territory, if you intermarry with them and associate with them, then you may be sure that the Lord your God will no longer drive out these nations before you. Instead, they will become snares and traps for you, whips on your backs and thorns in your eyes until you perish from the good land which the Lord has given you. Now I'm about to go the go the way of all the earth. You know with all your heart and soul that not one of all of the good promises of the Lord your God gave you has failed. Every promise has been fulfilled. Not one has failed. But just as all the good things of the Lord your God has promised, you have to come to. So he will bring you all he will bring on you all the evil things he threatened until the Lord your God has destroyed you from the good land he has given you. If you violate the co the covenant of the Lord your God which has commanded you 
and go and serve other gods and bow down to them. The Lord's anger will burn against you and you will quickly perish from the good land God has given you. Prior to his death, Joshua hears that not everyone is in the is the Lord not excuse me, I can't get that out. Prior to his death, Joshua hears that not everyone is the not everywhere is the Lord uncontested king of Israel. And the great soldier returns to fight once more, but this time with words instead of the sword. He calls together a great assembly, and in this moving speech, which I didn't read, you, you can read, uh, it's just quite long, he reviews for Israel the plan of God. He reminds them that, he reminds them how long God brought them out of Egypt, and fulfilled his promises to them and brings them finally to the point of decision to choose you this day whom you will serve to ratify the decision which the people joshua writes the words we will serve the lord our god in a book and then taking a stone sets it under an oak tree as a memorial for their recommitment to God. This was the last record of the record, recorded act of Joshua, and he died at the age of 110. One of the biggest uncertainties of life is that we are constantly called upon to choose. And the choice of one thing one thing often involves putting something else away or stepping away from something else to choose this one thing. And are are you being half-hearted in living for Christ? You want to choose Christ, but you don't want to step away from your sin or you don't want to, you, you can't. You can't serve two masters. You will love one and hate the other, or hate one and love the other. So, you have to choose. Joshua chose to serve the Lord. And this is one of the most common verses that are on the walls of Christians all over America and probably the world. I know I've got it right in the middle of my living room. I just looked up and saw it, which is, choose to this day whom you will serve. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You need to choose who you're going to serve. In Second uh, Corinthians 6, 1 and 2, it says, As God's fellow workers, we urge you not to receive God's grace in vain. For he says, In the time of my favor, I heard you. In the day of your salvation, I helped you. I tell you now, it is time for God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. So choose. Right? So 
while I was studying Joshua, I thought, well, how different Joshua appears than Judges, right? The book of Judges is full of mess ups and and my son and I always like it's it just blows our mind throughout judges it's like the people had no king they did what they want they messed up they cried out to God God saved them and then it repeats all through the book of judges and this was one thing I noticed from studying Moses and Joshua Joshua really didn't have someone he poured his life into like Moses teaching Joshua, showing Joshua. And so after Joshua, there wasn't another one in line that was really prepared to do the job. This is what a good example of why we should always be discipling someone teaching someone always because we don't want to end up like they did in judges so just to, just really quickly i like to compare or contrast the book of judges to the book of joshua or joshua joshua actually the judges but joshua there is victory after victory after victory but judges Defeat, defeat, defeat. And Joshua, there's freedom. And Judges, there's slavery. And Joshua, there's faith. Judges, unbelief. Joshua, progress. Judges, decline. Joshua, obedience. Judges, disobedience. Joshua, heavenly vision. Judges, earthly emphasis. Joshua, joy, judges, sorrow, Joshua, strength, judges, weakness, Joshua, unity among the tribes, tribes, judges, disunity among, above, uh, among the tribes, Joshua is a strong leader, judges, they had no leader, so these are some of the things that you can learn from Joshua. Okay, Joshua, the son of Nun, began his ministry for God as a servant or a minister of Moses. And although he was overshadowed by the great patriarch, he functioned happily in the role which God had designed for him. Joshua, in his willingness to play second fiddle, so to speak, showed this true time, I mean, this true strength of character. And before you can... Before you can rule well, you must know how to serve well. And when the time came for him to become a leader of Israel, he showed himself a great soldier and diplomat. He showed, however, only, or not only valor as a warrior, but justice, gentleness, forbearance, and humility of a great ruler. Probably the most understanding characteristic of his life was his unselfishness. It is throughout his total story. This strong, just 
characteristic of unselfishness. It was his utter indifference to all the selfish condition that marked him out as being someone who's described as a soldier saint. So as you go throughout your week and you're looking and you're thinking, remember Joshua and think about how he served selflessly and turned into an amazing leader. And so thank you for listening. Hope you have a great week. And uh, come back and listen next week. Remember to be kind to yourself and others. Also, smile. God loves you and so do I.